This podcast is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. Whatever business you're in, BT's got your back, with reliable connectivity to keep you connected as you grow. Search BT's got your back. With the Times News Briefing on Saturday the 13th of January, I'm Martin Williams. The US has launched fresh strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen. Tomahawk missiles were fired from the warship USS Kearney in what the US Central Command described as follow-on action on a specific military target. Jim Townsend, a former US Deputy Secretary of Defense, told Times Radio why the attack may have been ordered. This one target is a radar site, and after doing what's called battle damage assessment, BDA, the uh, targeteers felt that this site still was operational, or maybe they missed it. Maybe there was a missile that was uh, aimed in that direction and didn't make it, or whatever the reason, but the targeteers said that we need to go back there and hit it one more time, and so that's what this is. It's just it's a follow-up strike. Polls have closed in Taiwan, where people have been voting in an election which will determine the island's future ties with China. Beijing has ramped up military pressure on Taipei, describing today's votes as a choice between war and peace. Adam Hancock is a journalist in the capital. He says the China issue is a high priority for voters. The threat is always there and therefore it's in the back of people's minds. And particularly when it comes to election, you, you ask people, young or old, and you say, what's the main thing for you? What are you voting based on? And it's always China or how the candidate will deal with China. It's not the only issue, but it's very hard to get away from the fact that a lot of this election is down to Taiwan's relations with China moving forward. A 42-year-old woman's due in court today, charged with murder after the death of a child in Pembrokeshire. Police confirmed on Thursday a seven-year-old boy had passed away after they were called to an address on Upper Market Street in Haverford West the day before. Piper Lins has been remanded in custody. The Liberal Democrat leader hasn't apologised over his involvement in the Post Office Horizon scandal, despite appeals for him to do so. Sir Ed Davey was the Post Office Minister between 2010 and 2012, when doubts about the Horizon IT system were first raised, but initially refused to meet representatives of Sir Postmasters. Alan Tolhurst is chief reporter at Politics Home. There was many postal ministers throughout this whole crisis, but he's the one that's got kind of the focus. If anything, they've made things much, much worse. That is excruciating the way that he clearly they'd said, right, you're not going to apologise, you're just going to say you regret it. And he had nowhere to go once they decided that was what he was going to do. And instead, it just sounds it just sounds much, much worse. And it just sounds like all of the kind of the um, of the people that we've heard to from from the post office, from Fujitsu, from everywhere else failing to apologise. And he's now adding himself to that list. Hundreds of thousands of people are expected to join the first National March for Palestine of the Year in London later, which will also include a giant puppet of a Syrian child refugee. Organisers say it's an international symbol of human rights. Those taking part are continuing calls for an immediate ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. The Metropolitan Police say around 1,500 officers will be on duty. Judges at the International Court of Justice are considering evidence in a case brought by South Africa in which it accuses Israel of genocide in Gaza. South Africa says military action there amounts to the destruction of Palestinian life. Israel says the case is profoundly distorted and have asked judges to throw it out. Kristin Rosella is co-executive director of the Lex Collective, an alliance of public interest law firms, and specialises in genocide and international criminal law. 
The definition of genocide under the Genocide Convention of 1948, it defines genocide as acts committed with the intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethnic, racial, or religious group. And then you have to have evidence of the specific intent. It's a high standard to reach because you're trying to get a sense of what is the state of mind of that perpetrator or alleged perpetrator of genocide. So it's about looking at the state of mind and that's a hard thing to do. Memos reveal the late Queen Elizabeth II wouldn't have been aware of anything and was in no pain when she died in September 2022. The note written by her private secretary Sir Edward Young documents the 96-year-old's final moments in Balmoral and say her death was very peaceful. The paper is now housed in the Royal Archives and features in a new biography of the King. And data from a new VET price comparison website shows prices can vary dramatically depending on where you live. A consultation varies between £20 and £120, while the cost of castrating a medium-sized dog varies between £100 and £760. The Times Consumer Affairs correspondent Andrew Elson has been looking into the figures. Across the country as a whole, a consultation, the average one costs £47. Yet in Southampton, which is the highest price of any city outside of London, it's nearer £60. And what appears to be going on is the areas with the highest prices have the biggest concentration of chains of vets. And, and, and this appears to be dampening competition. And that's the Times News Briefing. For more on these stories, listen to Times Radio.